Well, thank you for allowing us to be here. What a blessing to be at Hollywood Bible Chapel, and we praise God for that. And pray that you'll be encouraged tonight. This is not about Gideons. This is not about us. This is about Jesus and sharing his word with others. You know, to, to have a passion for God and compassion for lost people. You know, and that's why Jesus came here. So we'll just get right into it. Pray that you'll be encouraged. And uh, when you leave, that you will want to go out and share your faith with other people. We're talking about one vision, uh, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel with you, even here tonight. So, church witness training. Someone told you about Jesus. Are you thankful, rejoicing, happy, sad, disappointed? I would think uh, the first three. So, in Luke 9.35, it says, And a voice came out from the cloud saying, This is my Son, my Chosen One. Listen to Him. Can you imagine? Listen to Him. And what did Jesus say? To go and preach the Gospel, right? To all nations, to every creature. See? Mark 16.15 And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, to the end of the earth. In Philemon verse 6, it says, I pray that you would be active in sharing your faith, that you may have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Isn't that amazing? When you share your faith with somebody, the Lord is just, it encourages your heart. I know it does me. It encourages my heart to share the gospel with somebody else because I'm hearing it for me too. So I encourage you with that verse. Philemon verse 6, memorize it. When was the last time that you shared your faith with somebody? You see, this is not about us. This is all about God and his work. Now somebody will say, well, that's the pastor's job or here, the, the elder's job, Right? Well, let's look at a little illustration here a second. It's the pastor's job to equip saints for works of service. Or the elders, right? Equipping saints for works of service. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. Now, I have an il- illustration here. Uh, can I use somebody? Uh, just, I just say like, uh, what's your name again? I forget. Mike. Mike, and then you in before? Oh, Aaron. Aaron. Mike, let's say you guys are firefighters and I'm the chief and I, I tell you, uh, Mike, uh, your responsibility is to keep the trucks running and keeping them clean. And, and Aaron, your, your job is to keep the kitchen up to speed, make sure there's good food. And I go right down the list, all, all of you, right? And then I come back to you, Mike, what, what's your job? You'd say... I say, no, that's your responsibility. Your job is to put out fires. (laughs) See, our responsibility might be to be an accountant or an engineer or 
a utility worker, whatever your job may be. That, that, I mean, your responsibility, right? But your real job is what? To tell people about Jesus, right? Wherever you are, he has put you in that place for a purpose. We cannot save anybody. All we can do is share Jesus with people. So remember that. What holds us back from sharing Jesus? Fear of rejection? Remember, not everyone is interested. Just know that from the start. Does everybody who drives by Walmart stop in Walmart? No, there's many that go by. They're not interested, right? At least at that point, right? Maybe down the road they'll be interested, okay? So just know that not everyone is interested. And it's not up to you for them to accept what you're saying, right? If they reject what you're saying, if they're rejecting Jesus, they're rejecting his word. They're not rejecting you, see? Remember that. Not everyone is going to be interested. But on the other side of that, there's many people that are interested, right? So just know that. When you find somebody that's not interested... Just go on to the, the next opportunity. Be praying, which we'll be talking about after. You say, well, I'm not prepared enough. I don't know enough Bible verses. Well, share what you know. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Right? Share what you know. And keep learning. Keep studying. Stay in the Word of God. And He is going to help you to grow in your walk with Him So you'll be more and more equipped as you learn more about Jesus and become more like him, allowing his word to do his work in your life. So share what you know. Feeling that you will fail? You cannot fail. This is God's work. We can't make anybody believe, right? We're just sharing the good news. And it's God that has to do the work in the person's heart. This takes all of the pressure off of us. Think about that. Have you ever felt pressure witnessing? I have. Should we feel pressure? No, why not? Because it's not about us. We got to remember that, right? You cannot fail. This is all God's work. God has to do the work in the person's heart. And we'll talk about that more. Colossians 4, 2-6. Summarizing it, it says to pray properly, live properly, and speak properly. As you pray properly, and you live your life properly, and you speak properly, God is going to open up doors like crazy. There's going to be doors all over the place to share Jesus with people. See, You might be the only Bible that somebody ever reads in their whole life. Now, think about that. What kind of a representation of God's word are they getting if all their, they never read a Bible, all they see is your life? Are they getting an accurate picture of what God says in his word? The darker the world gets, the brighter the light shines. So remember that. As this world gets darker and darker, the brighter the light, Jesus, shines 
in and through you. You be a lighthouse in this dark world. And you know what? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. But you can put salt in his oats. And then what will happen? He will get thirsty, right? And when when the horse gets thirsty, what is he going to want to do? Drink the water, right? See, we should be putting salt in people's oats everywhere we go. Planting seeds, planting salt, if you will. Making people thirsty for Jesus. You know, just by how we live our life, how we respond to different situations, how we love people, how we take interest in people and share and care and love them like Jesus did. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So here's just a few thoughts. Be intentional. Be prepared. Be engaging. Be bold and courageous. So what happens when you share Jesus? Okay? Only four things are going to happen. They're right there. Feel free to write them down if you want and just think about it, whatever. They will already be a believer and praise God for that. It's a wonderful thing when you're sharing the gospel and somebody's already a believer. That's neat. Then you can encourage that person, which we'll talk about later as well. Uh, But maybe they're not interested, and that's okay. Because whose responsibility is it for them to be interested? God's responsibility, right? God has to work on that person's heart. So if they're not interested, that's okay. Or they might just listen but they're not ready to trust Christ as their Savior. And that's okay. You planted a seed, right? You watered. Can you make the seeds grow? No. Who makes the seeds grow? Only God does, right? So we plant and water, plant and water, and God makes them grow. Those seeds might not grow for 5 or 10 years from now or 30 years from now. Who knows? Maybe next week. Maybe somebody else comes along after you and waters the seed that you planted. There's a guy named Bill Fay. He was the top of a prostitution uh, ring. And he said, if you would have been one of the first several people to come and share Jesus with him, he would have mocked you to your face. But... After more people shared with him, God had softened his heart. He repented of his sin. He came to know Jesus Christ as his personal Savior and the Lord of his life. And today he's an evangelist and has led thousands and thousands of people to Jesus Christ. Now think about it. If you were the first, one of the first few that shared with him and he mocked you to your face, Did you fail? No. Because remember, God is doing the work. You don't know how God is working in someone's heart. So just be faithful in loving people and planting seeds and watering and be praying and watch God do the work. And the other option, people will trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Repenting of their old way, of their sin, putting their trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior and the Lord of their life.
So people love a compliment. Don't you like to be complimented? Somebody says something nice about you? Of course. So think about that. Say something nice to somebody. You meet somebody and they have their, their kids. To comment about their kids. Or you're, you, you go to their house, say something nice about their house. Or you meet somebody at the bus stop, compliment them, their hair or um, something, you know, as you're talking with them. People love a compliment. Here's something to remember. Form. Family, occupation, recreation, and message. People love to talk about their family, right? Especially if they have grandkids. They love to talk about their grandkids, all right? So, uh, or their family, right? Talk about their occupation, what they, they do for a living, and maybe that'll give you an idea. Or, uh, recreation, what they like to do in their spare time, or, and then... The message, which we'll talk about shortly. So here's the big thing. Listen. Did you hear that? Listen to conversations around you. Wherever you go, be a good listener. And listen to what people are saying. And it's amazing how God will open a door like, like, like a diving board to spring into different conversations about spiritual subjects. Like, what you want to do is break the ice. See? Sometimes I even find that difficult, and I've shared with lots of people, but still sometimes breaking the ice seems like it can be like the most difficult thing with some people. They might, you know, you, you plant seeds and it's kind of like fishing, right? You don't want to be snagging people. No. A, a real fisherman, right? You're going to, you're going to plant the seed and you got to be patient. You pray, you water, right? Break the ice. But once the ice is broken, right, in the conversation, now you're off to the races. So here's an example. It's December 1st, right? Look at this. You may hear somebody say, oh, this year is going by so fast. I can't believe another year has gone by. Well, what does the Bible say about that? Life is like a vapor. It's like a mist. You spray a can of spray paint, and you see the spray, and then what? It's gone. That's the way our life is like. It goes by so fast. See? So, life is like a vapor, the Bible says. I'm just curious. Do you have any kind of spiritual belief? Do you see how that could lead in? Right? How about the next one? Someone famous dies, right? Or maybe not famous. Maybe there was an accident and somebody died or whatever. And did you know the latest statistic? 10 out of 10 die. Try that on somebody. And their wheels will be spinning like... <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. 10 out of 10 die, yeah. But so, I'm just curious. Do you have any kind of spiritual belief? See how that could work? How about you looking into the starry sky at night? The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. I'm just curious. Do you have any kind of spiritual belief? See how that kind of flows? 
talking about the mountains. If you're out in Colorado, you're flying, whatever, or just see a picture, the mountains. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. I'm just curious. Do you have any kind of spiritual belief? And whatever they say, it's okay. You know, you're just feeling, you're just fishing, right? Changes in technology, the latest iPhone. The Bible says in the last days, knowledge will increase. Look how fast things have changed. In flying, look at it. In the last, what, 100 and, what, 15 years or so. I mean, how things have changed, right? I'm just curious. Do you have any kind of spiritual belief? Economy, right? Don't put your hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but put your hope in God, who richly provides everything for our enjoyment. I'm just curious, do you have any kind of spiritual belief? You see a rainbow in the sky. I've flown with guys, I see a beautiful rainbow. Do you know the meaning of the rainbow? They don't have a clue. Do you have any kind of spiritual belief? You can talk about the rainbow and the real meaning of the rainbow, right? Yeah, God did that. Okay, here. The thing is to always be ready. One time I had jury duty and I was in the, in, the, in the courtroom, in the jury pool, and the lawyers are trying to see who they're going to keep on for the case and who they're going to take off of the case. And the lawyer asks uh, one of them, uh, can you describe yourself in like three or four words? And uh, people are saying like, I like swimming, I like to read, I like whatever. And I'm thinking, what can I say? What can I say? What can I say? And then God gave me the words. Declared not guilty. And the lawyer said, can you explain that? Sure. See, I'm a sinner just like anybody else in this courtroom. But I trust that Jesus Christ came to this earth he lived a perfect life and he died on that cross and he paid my sin penalty in full and he was buried and he rose again bodily the third day and I've trusted him as my savior, the Lord, the boss of my life and he counts me not guilty. Now when I went into that courtroom, I had no idea that God was going to use me to share the gospel with the courtroom. Now the court reporter's typing it all in the record, right? The judge is listening. The lawyers are listening. All the other jurors are listening. Anyone else in the courtroom is listening. Praise God for that. That wasn't me. He just used me as his instrument. And that's the thing. You just want to be available. Be available for the Lord to use you wherever you are in whatever situation you find yourself in. Praise God for that. So here's a question. What do you like to do in your spare time? Right? You ask somebody that, they'll say, I like to golf, I like to do this, that, whatever, whatever. And then just let them talk. Just listen. Remember? Be a good listener. Ask good questions. Listen. Now, when they get done talking and you've listened intently, 
you might have a follow-up question about one of the things they like to do. And sooner or later, what are they going to ask you? What do you like to do in your spare time? Well, have you ever heard of a ministry called Awana? We have a ministry called Awana at our church. It's a boys and girls club. They wear uniforms. They memorize Bible verses. I love to work with kids in ministry. I'm just curious. Do you have any kind of spiritual belief? See? You can say something spiritual about God, the Bible, your church, youth ministry, some other kind of ministry, reading God's word, prayer, something with your spiritual gift or gifts. You know, something really neat my wife and I have done for the first time in our marriage this year. We have been reading through the Bible together out loud. And it's off topic, but I encourage you, those who are married, do that with your spouse. I encourage you, read, read through the Bible together. And we really look forward to that time together. So we've read it separately, but it's neat, neat to read it together. So anyway, those are just some things, some springboard ideas that you could share with people. I was mentioning evangelist Bill Fay. He was the guy that the Lord has used to win many thousands of people to Christ. And he's put together these questions. So, do you see the first question? (laughs) Have you heard that yet tonight? Do you have any kind of spiritual beliefs, right? Now, you don't have to use all of these questions, but you can. To you, who is Jesus? Right? And now, you just listen. Remember, be a a good listener. It doesn't matter what the people answer to your question. You're just asking questions and trying to get information. So, do you have any kind of spiritual beliefs? To you, who is Jesus? And just see where they're at. They might say, I believe he's God in the flesh. Praise God! That's probably a believer, right? You could you could follow up on. They might say, well, he's just a prophet. Or he's, he was a good moral teacher, Whatever they say, just listen and ask the next question. Okay? Do you think there's a heaven or a hell? They might say no. Well, if you died today, where would you go? Do you think you'd go to heaven? And a big question there is, why? You want to know why they think they would go to heaven. Why? To see if they're on the right track, right? Because if someone is not a believer, what will most people think the reason for them to go to heaven? Because I've been a good person. Is that the way to heaven? No. Do you know why good people don't go to heaven? There aren't any. Romans 3, 10 to 12, right? As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one, no one who understands No one who seeks after God. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good. Not even one. So, yeah, there's good people according to the world's standards, right? I'm sure you're a good dad. You're a good mom. You're a good son, daughter, for the most part. 
But in God's sight, is anyone perfect? Here's a good, the good question test. Have you ever told a lie? Have you ever taken God's name in vain? Have you ever looked at somebody lustfully? Have you ever coveted after somebody else's things? So the Bible says if you do everything right in your whole life, I mean, if you keep the whole law and offend it at one point, you're guilty of all. So guess what? All of us are guilty of all, right? So when you're talking with somebody and they think, oh, I'll go to heaven because I'm a good person, that's the wrong answer. If they could get to heaven that way, then Jesus died in vain, didn't he? If you can go to heaven by eating three Milky Way bars on Monday and two Snicker bars on Tuesday and having a popsicle on Friday, why would Jesus go to the cross? Right? So think about that. So here's the last question. By the way, if what you are believing is not true, would you want to know it? And if they say no, that's it. You don't have to say anything else. They don't want to know. So don't force anything on anybody. Okay? But most people... If what they believe is not true, wouldn't they want to know what's true? Wouldn't you want to know the truth? If what you believe is not true, wouldn't you want to know the truth? I would. See? That's some good questions. Like I was saying, you don't have to use all of those questions. And many of the times I'll use like the first one and the last one. But it just depends on the conversation. Let the Holy Spirit lead in the conversation. Like I said, if they're not a believer, many will say because they're a good person. They're trying their best. They're trying to earn God's favor. And sometimes I think somebody truly is a believer, but you know, maybe the question throws them off. Maybe they haven't really thought about it, but the Lord will use you in that situation to make the way of God more clear to them, right? So that they can understand the scripture more clearly. So, and if the Lord uses you in that way, praise him for that. That's great. But if they truly are not a believer, then you can go further. Many people think I'm better than so-and-so down the street. But that's the wrong standard. What's God's standard? Matthew 5.48, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Is anybody in this room perfect? No. We've all fallen short, haven't we? Right? And God calls that sin. It's like a bow and arrow, right? If if, If you're shooting at a target, say that wreath is a target, right? And you're shooting a bow and arrow at that target. Would you hit the bullseye every time? No, you would miss, right? That means you miss the mark. In fact, spiritually, a lot of times, if that's the target, we're shooting this way, right? We're going away from God. We're running from God, right? We're not even, we couldn't even be close to perfection. But yet that's God's standard. And that's the beautiful thing about the gospel. See, 
In Isaiah, it says that all of our righteousness is like filthy rags in God's sight. Isaiah 64, 6. Filthy rags. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 21. That God made him who had no sin, speaking of Jesus, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Think about it. Jesus took all of our sin upon himself so that he can give us his righteousness as a gift. Isn't that a beautiful thing? See, John 10, 17 talks about how Jesus went to the cross voluntarily. Nobody took Jesus' life from him. He willingly laid it down of his own accord. See, he had authority to, ta- to lay it down, and he had authority to take it up again. This command he received from his father. See, why would he do that if he did not have to? Remember in the garden, he even prayed, Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me. See, as a man, knowing the, the horrendous punishment that, he, that was ahead of him, he was, as a man, saying, Father, if there's any other way, you know, take this cup from me. But not my will, but yours be done. So he was willing to go through the cross. He saw past the cross. Why? So we could be rescued. Like it says in Galatians 1. He rescued us. See? We could never make ourselves good enough. So Jesus had to come to rescue us. So what to expect? Here's some key topics, scriptural references, sharing together and practice. All right, so a spiritual emphasis, the importance of prayer, how should I pray, gospel-centered scriptures, practice, what next? And I know this church is a a witnessing church, and uh, I praise God for, for that. Pray that you'd be encouraged to even more share your faith. See, we must realize that no one comes to the Son unless the Father draws him. In other words, even though the gospel is a simple message, it's a mystery until God unveils it to the unbeliever. So let's take a look at a few verses that talk about the mystery of the gospel. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and generations, but has now been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this Mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Think of these scriptures, how many scriptures it talks about the mystery. The mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The mystery is the born-again experience. The Bible confirms that the gospel itself is a mystery. The mystery must be revealed by God. But even if our gospel it is veiled, if it's veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 5. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and generations but now has been revealed to his saints. He revealed it to us. We as believers have this mystery that we can share with people. 
but God has to open it up in that other person's heart, right? Colossians 1.26. The importance of prayer, and that's why we need to be praying that God would open the heart of the person that you're talking with. Revealing the mystery of the gospel begins with prayer in accordance with God's will, and we know it's God's will for none to perish. Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Because without repentance, there is no forgiveness of sin. So how should we pray? With confidence. According to God's will, He hears us. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. So how should we pray? Pray for an open door. Pray for the person that God wants you to talk to as you go throughout your day or wherever you are. Just be praying. It'll be, you'll be amazed how God will open the door right there for you. So how should we pray? But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost for a great and effective door is open to me and there are many adversaries. Now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Acts 14.27 Therefore we should pray and pray specifically for an open door to share the gospel. And it's amazing. If you do that, eyes and ears open, you watch how God will open that door in your life. Finally, we should pray that God would give us a deeper burden for the lost. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. And here's the gospel right here. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Remember, his whole body rose. Some people don't believe his body rose, but it did. Jesus even predicted it, right? Before he died, right? In John chapter 2, destroy this temple and I'll raise it again in three days. The Jews said, it's taken 46 years for you to build this, for us to build this temple. And you're going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. Jesus predicted that his body would raise from the grave before it ever happened. So we want to understand key ideas and verses. You can share verses. You can read to the recipient or have the recipient read to you. Here's some concepts. Now, these are in these uh, little New Testaments. You can order these. You can purchase them as a church. And in the back, it has what I'm going to show on the screen there, how God loves you how we're all sinners, how God has uh, made a remedy for sin. Anyone can be saved, praying to receive Christ as your Savior. But like, God loves you. We all know John 3.16, right? But do you know John 3.16 with your name in it? How about with your name in it four times? What's your name? Luca? Can I use your name? Listen to this. For God so loved Luca that he gave his only begotten son, that if Luca believes in him, Luca will not perish, but Luca will have everlasting life. Isn't that a beautiful verse? See, make it personal to the person that you're sharing with. Okay? But God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now see, it would be good if you, if you have this and you have the opportunity 
And that's why I want to share with you some different ways to share because each situation is different. See? If you're at the park and you can sit next to somebody or maybe you're at lunch with somebody, you might be able to go through these verses like this and you just have them read. Have them read the verse like this as an example. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They read the verse. And then you say, what does that mean to you? And they say, "Uh, well, I'm a pretty good person. You say, well... Read it again. All is, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I'm, what does that mean to you? Well, I, I'm, not, I'm not that bad. I haven't committed too many sins. Read it again. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory. What does that mean to you? Until they can see, I'm a sinner, right? Let the word of God do the convicting in the heart, right? See? And they see how God's word, well, you'll see how God's word changes a person. So like we talked about this verse, no one is righteous, right? Then God's remedy, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans 6.23. And then to all who received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe on his name. You know, there's a lot of people that think, Everybody is a child of God. Is that true? No. We're all God's created beings, right? But how do you become a child of God? By knowing Jesus Christ personally, right? As your Savior, right? You receive Him, right? Then you become a child of God, right? A lot of people don't know that. God's remedy for sin This is the gospel that we shared earlier. And all may be saved now. It's like he's knocking at your heart's door. And anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And you can pray with the person. You don't have to pray that prayer. You can pray with them. We'll give an example here in a little bit. So recap. God loves you. All are sinners. God's remedy for sin Anyone can be saved praying to receive Christ as Savior and Lord of their life. See, they can read the verses or you can read the verses to them. But maybe you don't have time. Maybe you don't have the Bible on you, right? Or another way to do this too would be to have a sword in your pocket. If you know you're going to go out sharing with people, have a little testament. And it's good not to bring the big family Bible if you have one of those where they're like like a big, big, big thing because they might think you're going to hit them over the head with it. No, just something little, little sword. And in mine, I have this mark. Like if I start at John 3.16, I'll just show you, just to, to give you the concept. John 3.16 We already talked about the verse. I have it highlighted. But then in the margin, at the top, upside down, I have the next verse. See? So you could do that with your Bible, right? Especially if you're not real familiar with what verse to go to next, you could do that. Like, you know, John 3.16. So start there, 
And then you can see the next verse. I have Romans 3.23. Turn to Romans 3.23. And on the, at the top you could have Romans 5.8. And then go to that. Go to the top. Romans 6.23. Go to that. Romans 10.9 and 10. Go to that. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. Go to that. 1 Timothy 1, 15 and 16. Does anyone know what that verse says? Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners... Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. I love that verse. But you can do that with your Bible so it's all set. Okay? Uh, especially if you don't know where to go, have it marked so you know where to go next. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. So, like I said, what does this say to you? If they have it incorrect, have them read it again. You know, do it nicely, obviously. So give opportunity to trust Jesus as their Savior if the time is right. And you will know if the time is right. When you're talking with somebody, right, you will know, like, if you're... If you try to say hi to somebody who's walking by and, and, and they won't even say hi to you, do you think that's a good time to say, would you like to trust Jesus as your Savior? No, that's, that's not the right timing, right? But you will know as you're sharing the good news with them and uh, if the time is right. Maybe you clarified the gospel, like I said early, earlier. The thing is, don't try to pick fruit that isn't ripe. See, if the fruit is not ready to be picked, don't pick that fruit, okay? But you'll know if it's ready to be picked, right? The Lord will lead you. Don't force a decision, that's the thing. You'll know. The Holy Spirit leads. So there's some different ways to share the gospel. And let me just share this with you, watch this. Watch this. Pretend this hand is you and me, right? Pretend this book is sin. We all have sin on us, right? No. Pretend this hand is Jesus Christ. He had no sin. But when Jesus went to the cross, all of the sin that was on us was placed on him. And he took all of our sin penalty. He died on that cross for our sins. He was buried. He rose again bodily the third day for you. And me. If Jesus paid all of our sin penalty, how much is left for us to pay for? And the answer is it's amazing. I've talked to people, I was talking to one lady, she said, Ten things? Now wait a minute. If if Jesus paid all of our sin penalty, how much is left for us to pay for? She was Catholic background. One thing? Like you got to pay something. You know? No. Jesus paid it all. We just had a scripture distribution up in Orlando. 
And I was, I was talking with a guy that was homeless. And it, he could not get the concept. When I said, if Jesus paid all of our sin penalty, how much is left for us to pay for? And he's like, he didn't know the answer. And I said it again. Then I said, well, if I bought you a milkshake at McDonald's, right, and I pay for it, how much do you have to pay? And he said, well, I guess, I guess nothing since it's paid for. Right. Now, if Jesus paid all of our sin penalty, how much is left for you to pay for? He could not get the answer. I went back to the milkshake. If I bought you a milkshake at McDonald's and paid for it, how much do you need to pay for? He said, well, I guess nothing if it's paid for. Well, if Jesus paid all of our sin penalty, I know I had to do that like two, three times, but you should have seen when he got it. He said, Hallelujah! <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was like amazing how God had worked in his heart. You know, and when he understood the gospel, it was just like spiritual blindness until, remember, it's a mystery. God has to open the heart. And when God opened that man's heart, it was a beautiful thing. So anyway, that's one way, right? Transferring hands to another. Let me give another example. Bob, come on up. We're going to just role play a little bit here. He's a fellow Gideon, so... All right, uh, we're just out, out and about. We're at the park, whatever. Maybe we're at Walmart or whatever. And say, oh, uh, have I seen you before? I don't know. I don't think I... I come by here every once in a while, yeah. Okay, maybe... I don't know if, uh, I don't know if I've talked to you before. Okay, maybe not, but anyways... Why? You enjoying? The, well, I'm just doing some shopping. Yeah. Oh. What's your name? I'm Steve. Tassin. Oh, Bob. Yeah. Good to meet you, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you do look familiar, but yeah, I've never really been able to talk with you. But so, did you have a great Thanksgiving? It was wonderful. Were you with your family or what? I had family and a friend, a friend that uh, invited over, which was, was really nice. And it wasn't good for him to be alone, so it was great. But okay. It was nice. Yeah, very good. Yeah, glad glad you enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, I'm just curious. Like, uh, I'm just wondering, what, what do you do for a living? I'm just curious. Do you, are you working now, or I, I retired now, so I have a little bit more time to do some of the things that I couldn't do when I was working. Oh, okay. Time, so. What did you do before? Uh, I was in law enforcement. Oh, law enforcement. Yeah. So you, yeah, you've seen some difficult situations, I have. eh? Did you know the latest statistic, 10 out of 10 die? I've heard that. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, just... I, I think it's true. Yeah, yeah, you think so? Hey, we're all, we're all getting older at the same rate, you know? That's true. I'm just curious. I mean, do you have any kind of spiritual background or belief? Well, I was raised Catholic, and um, I was an older boy. Okay. And I went to Catholic uh, church, and uh, after I got in my early 20s, I really... At that particular point, I didn't really see much of a benefit to going, and I would listen to the the priests speak, but I it just never really registered, so it really sort of stopped for me. Yeah. But I, for the most part, though, I try to follow um, the. I try to live a good life and try to. Yeah. You know, help other people when I can. Yeah. So, to you, who is Jesus? Well, Jesus is the Son of God. Yeah, very good, yeah. Yeah. 
I know that he came and he, he lived on the face of the earth and then he died. And uh, I think one day we'll all have a chance to see him. I think do you, I'm hoping. Okay, do you, so do you believe there's a heaven and a hell? or? I do believe that, but I'm not really certain about going there. I just, oh. I'm hoping. Okay, so if you died and you stood before God and he said, Bob, why should I let you into heaven with me? What would you say? Well, I haven't really killed anybody. Okay. And for the most part, I live a, I help out people as best I can and give to poor people and try to do good deeds. And I think for the most part, and of course, when I was younger, I did practice Catholic faith. So I think for the most part, I've sort of like tipped the scales. Yeah. And I think that I'm sort of like in the, the favorable side. Well, have you ever told a lie? Uh, probably so, yes. Yeah. If I didn't tell you, if I didn't say yes, I would be lying right now. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you ever taken God's name in vain? I have. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I mean, I, I've, I've failed the same way. And in fact, none of us are, are perfect. I mean, God's standard is perfection. In fact, can I just use a little illustration to, to, to help you? Can you just have a seat in that chair for a second? We're just going to let that this chair represents everything that that uh, Bob has done to get him to heaven. He thinks he's uh, been a pretty good person. Hey, Bob, can you put your feet up? Look at that. All of his weight, all of his trust is in that chair, right? See? Now, if I asked you, Bob, do you believe that this chair over here exists? Do you, do you believe it? Yeah, yeah I, you believe it. I, I, I believe that there is a chair. Do you believe it would hold you up? Uh, it looks like it might. Okay, why is it not holding you up now? Because I'm not sitting there. Right. Well, let that chair represent everything that you have done to get you to heaven, like you were saying, tipping the scales, right, to try to be, to be good enough, right, to earn God's favor. And pretend that this chair over here represents Jesus Christ. That he went to the cross and died for your sins and paid your sin penalty in full. See, he loves you so much that he he paid your sin penalty in full on that cross, dying for your sins, and then he was buried and he rose again bodily the third day. Would you like to know for sure you're going to heaven? You can know for sure because the Bible says in in First John, it says, He who has a son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you can know that you have eternal life. Would you like to know that you have eternal life? I think I would, I would like to know that. Because I never really had that opportunity. Well, if you want to know for sure you're going to heaven, switch seats. Do you know how to do that? Well, I guess I have to transfer myself over to there. Yeah, you would, you, would, you would, instead of trusting in what Bob has done, you would trust in what Jesus did for Bob. So the things that I've done don't count? Not to get you to heaven, see, but you need to trust Jesus' payment made for you. Is that something you would like to do is to... Turn from your own way and trust Jesus, His way? I think I would like that. 
Well, let's just pray a second here. Just pray with me a second. Just pray. Say it. Just pretend I'm, pretend I'm not here and just pray something like this. Just do a sentence at a time. Like, dear Lord God, dear Lord God, I admit that I've done wrong things. I admit that I've done wrong things. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross. To pay my sin penalty in full. To pay my sin penalty in full. That he was buried. That he was buried. Rose again bodily on the third day. I invite Jesus Christ into my life to be my Savior and the Lord, the boss of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Make me a new person. Make me the man of God that you want me to be. And I thank you for the gift of eternal life that you freely give me today. That you freely give me today. That you freely give me today. Not because of any good thing I've done. Not because of any good thing that I've done. But because of what Jesus did for me. But because of what Jesus did for me. And I thank you in Jesus' name. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bob, sit in this chair. That's what you've just done spiritually. See that? He repented of his sin his own way instead of trusting in himself. Bob, lift your feet off the floor. Where's his trust now? It's in Jesus, right? He's not trusting in the the good works that Bob did. He's trusting in the Jesus chair, right? All of his weight, all of his faith, all of his trust is in Jesus Christ. Look at his feet are off the floor even, right? He's totally trusting Jesus. Look at what he's not trusting. He's not trusting in Bob eating enough Snicker bars or Milky Way bars. or, You know what? I had a lady, a Jewish lady, tell me, you know why she thought she would go to heaven? Because she made a mean cheesecake. A mean cheesecake? This is a mean cheesecake over here. This is Jesus and what he did on the cross. Over here. All right. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate you. Give him a hand. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate you. So, yeah, maybe you don't have a Bible handy. Maybe you're talking with somebody. I like to use that illustration when I'm flying. I fly. So uh, we have a, a separate seat. Anyway, whatever. But I use that as an illustration of uh, transferring your trust. So the chairs. Then there's uh, one verse of evangelism. You can just Google it, but it's using Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now you'll see what it's like is like the Grand Canyon. How many have seen the Grand Canyon? At least pictures. Okay, here's the question. Could you run and jump across the Grand Canyon? No, what's going to happen? You're going to fall down, right? What if I said, I can jump farther than you, Luca, and I go running and I jump farther. I go 20 feet past you. Will I get to the other side? What's going to happen to me? I'm going to fall too. Now, how about the world's Olympic long jumper, right? He says, I can beat Luca and you, right? So he goes running and jumps. He jumps 30 feet. Is he going to make it? What's going to happen to him? 
He's going to fall. doesn't matter how good you are, you're going to fall, right? You need a bridge, right? What's the bridge? The cross. The, the cross. What Jesus did is the bridge that gets us from our own works, which are not good, to Jesus' work, which is perfect. See, when you trust Jesus, he counts you perfect. Remember 2 Corinthians 5.21? God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so we might become the righteousness of God in him. All right. Then there's Evangicube. How many have heard of the Evangicube? All right. There's a few hands. Anyway, in there, you can, I'll just show it to you real quick. It's especially good for working with kids. Or But when the time would come to share the gospel with someone, you're talking with someone, it shows how man is on one side and representing God on the other side with the light and how our sin separates us from God. And there's a penalty for sin, which is death, right? And hell. But God loved us so much, He sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was fully God, fully man, who came to this earth, paid our sin penalty in full on the cross. He died on the cross. He was buried in the tomb. And the third day... He rose again bodily and here's the way of salvation right there. The cross, right? The cross, you know, the cross is like the bridge going across the canyon. And with that verse, one verse, wages of sin is death is on one side. The gift of God is eternal life on the other side, right? You'll see it. Just Google it if you're interested in using one verse. You can evangelize with one verse, okay? But it's good to learn more verses as you go, okay? Here's another. Oh, we're stuck. Oh, there we go. Can you share the gospel in seven seconds? Okay, I mean, you're on an elevator, right? You're go, you're going up an elevator, right? What are you saying? Are, are you going up? Are, are you going up? Yeah. Are you going all the way up? All the way up to heaven? And they might say, "Oh, I don't know. I I hope so." Well, do you know how to get there? Oh no, you, you got seven seconds, right? They're open. They're tracking with you, right? How can you share the gospel in seven seconds? It's right there. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried and He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. He's the way to heaven. Boom, elevator opens. They're off, they're gone. You'll never see them again in your life. But you you had the opportunity to share the Gospel in seven seconds. Now see, you're not going to have time with someone like that to start digging into the Scriptures, right? You know, so that's what I'm saying. Each situation is different. If you want to get more in depth, there's evangelism explosion. And some of these illustrations have come from that. I've had different evangelism courses. But like, let's say you're working with little kids. This is something from Awana. Have you heard of the hand illustration? You got five fingers, right? Watch. Great for working with kids. At a basic level, right? Watch. 
God loves me. I have sinned. Christ died for my sins. If I believe in Jesus, I will go to heaven. See, at a basic level. And that's really what it is, right? It's all about Jesus and not us. How about the wordless book? Have you heard of the wordless book? That's an opportunity as well, right? We have a dark page. All of us have sinned, right? Then we have the red for the blood of Jesus who was shed on the cross for our sins, right? And then when we trust Jesus as our Savior, He makes our sins white as snow, right? And knowing Him, we can go to heaven. So you could start with the back page, right? If you're talking with someone, you know, in the conversation, you know, can I just share this little wordless book with you? Right? And they say, yeah, sure, go ahead. Right? No. Let this gold page represent heaven. I'm just curious, you know, if you died and you stood before God and he said, why should I let you into heaven with me? What would you say? And they might say what? Well, I'm a good person, whatever. You've heard some examples. I made a mean cheesecake. Will a mean cheesecake get you to heaven? No, that's not what the Bible says, right? Anyway, pray for that lady. So, you can talk about that, right? Going to heaven. Then you can start at the front, right? And sharing the gospel, right? If they trust Jesus as their Savior, the green would be to grow in Him, which we'll talk about here just in a moment. What if this is all you can do? Remember the blind man? He said, who, who healed you? And he said, I don't know. All I know is once I was blind, but now I see. <laughs> I mean, if that's all you know is that you were a sinner and now you know Jesus as your Savior, share that with the person, right? If that's all you can share, your testimony, that's a wonderful thing to share with people. Have a testimony. I was nine years old when I trusted Jesus as my Savior. Beautiful thing going to bed that night, knowing if I died, I'd go to heaven and be with Jesus. That's a simple testimony right there. But whatever your testimony is, share it. That, if that's all you know, share it, right? Once I was blind, but now I see. And then keep learning from there. Practice. So you practice. You want to be praying. Praying as a church. Praying individually. Now I just want to share a few slides with you for somebody who comes to know Jesus as their Savior. Or maybe they already know Jesus, but you want to help them grow in their faith, right? You want to fan the flame, right? You want to help them grow. Here's just a few things and we'll end with that. On discipleship. Psalm 119, 105. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. Now let me ask a question to the kids. Would it be a good idea to go running through the woods at night as fast as you can run without a flashlight? Is that a good idea? Luca says no. Not a good idea. Why not? Why not? Why not? 
Okay, but before a bear would get you, what might you hit first? If you're running as fast as you can in the woods at night, what are you going to hit? A tree. You might poke an eye out. That would not be good. What? You could, or you could fall off a cliff. That wouldn't be good either. But now here's the thing. If you have a flashlight, right, you can see the path and miss the trees. Do you know Psalm 119, verse 105? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word is the flashlight for life. Now, it's not going to make the path easy. It can be hilly, rocky, slippery, difficult, but it can help you miss the trees. And if there's any obstacles in your way, you don't have to hit them, right? You can go over them, under them, around them. You might get stuck in the mud a little, but the promise is what? Jesus will be with you, right? He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Okay, how about Psalm 119, 9, 11? How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I love this hot water. Tea bag. If you take a cup of hot water and put a tea bag in it, what happens to the water? Becomes tea. Exactly. You, as a believer, are like the hot water. God's word is like the tea bag. Now, what happens if we let God's word soak in our hearts, in our minds, in our life, in our emotions, in our attitudes, in our actions, in our thoughts, in our being. What happens to us? Well, we will go to heaven, but not because of that, but because of Jesus, right? We go to heaven because of Jesus, but that's not—that's just the beginning, right? He wants to make us more like him, right? And what does that look like? The fruit of the Spirit, right? Which is in Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. See, the more you have of those things, the better. This is a good study. Colossians, you're mentioning it, right? You're going to do a book, Colossians study? Colossians 3. Spend some time in there. Pretend you're going on a mountain drive. Now, if you're going to drive through the mountains, would you see more scenery if you're going 80 miles an hour or 20 miles an hour? 20. You're going to soak it up, right? You can even stop at the scenic outlooks and take it in, right? You want to do Colossians 3 like you're doing a, a mountain drive at 20 miles an hour. Stop. You should talk about things you should put off, other things you should put on. Oops, I missed one there. Meditate on God's Word. The world's way to meditate is to empty your mind of all things. That's not God's way to meditate. God's way to meditate is to fill your mind with His Word. Right? Meditate on it. How often? One hour a week, Sunday? No. How often? Day and night. Psalm 1 and Joshua 1.8. And here's something you can share with somebody who's a new believer. Right here, growth. Go to God in prayer daily. R, read God's word daily. O, obey God moment by moment. W, witness for Christ with your life and words. T, trust God for every detail of your life. And H, for the Holy Spirit. Allow him to empower your daily life and witness. So it's just like physically we eat, breathe, exercise, and rest, right? 
Read the word of God spiritually. Pray. Live out your faith. Worship. Find a Bible-believing church that preaches the truth of the word of God. Be involved in Bible study. Memorize the word of God. Hide it in your heart. John 3.16 If you've never seen this topical memory system, I highly recommend it. I've memorized it back from 1984-85 time frame. It's 60 verses. I won't get into it now, but you can order it online. And it comes with little cards. And uh, But the, the titles of the packs are I Live, the New Not, Live the New Life, Proclaim Christ, Rely on God's Resources, Be Christ's Disciple, and Grow in Christ's Likeness. I encourage you, do it as a family. We did it as a family. I would do the first verse. My wife would do the next verse. Our son would do the next verse. Our daughter would do the next verse. Our son would do the next verse. I would do the next verse. You can do it in the car. You're driving down the road and you're going through the scriptures. The word of God, I encourage you to do it. Do it as a church. Do it as a family. The topical memory system. They have two of them. So take a look at that picture. This is the one you want to do, not the other one first. I mean, if you can do the other one too, but this is the first one you want to do. You'll see it online. So remember, be intentional, be prepared, be engaging. Be bold and courageous. Pray, practice, and watch God work. Because remember, it's not about us. Remember? It's all about Him. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So just be faithful, be available, be prayed up, filled with the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit have more and more of you every day. Let the Word of God permeate throughout your being. And you watch God open doors for you to share good news. And remember, start with your testimony. If that's all you have, once I was blind, but now I see. Start with that, you know. Use these illustrations. Let the Lord use you. So let's pray. Lord God, we're humbled by your greatness. We thank you for your grace, your mercy on us. Thank you for your love, Lord. We just, Lord, just give us a passion for you that we've never known before, Lord, because you're worthy of it all. And Lord, give us compassion for lost people. There's so many people outside these doors that think that they will go to heaven because of being a good person or not being too bad or making a mean cheesecake or, or whatever other than Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection, the only answer. Thank you for the scripture. Thank you for uh, the gospel being a free gift, although it was very costly for you, Jesus. Thank you for what you paid and what you went through for us and how you promised to use us, Lord. We're just make ourselves available to be vessels, to be used by you. Lord, we pray for this Boulevard Bible Chapel right here in this congregation, that you would use them right here in this community as a lighthouse to share good news with people all around here and wherever they are. And we'll give you all the praise for what you do and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening and the Lord bless you.